use that? Yes, exactly. What's up, guys? Welcome to Clickable Talk, the Clickable Impact podcast. I got Whitney, founder, CEO of Just Made on the podcast, and I am super excited because, one, she is a killer business owner, grew this thing from the bottom up, and, uh, you know, literally, you know, is executing and building a national brand and international too, right? Mm -hmm. So soon to be anyway. Um, so I'm really excited to have you. So great. that's great. <laughs> I'm super stoked to be here. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been a great journey so far. And um, we love doing things like this just to get our message out and um, just chatting with awesome uh, female business owners like yourself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I love starting the podcast with, you know, tell us a little bit about you, how you started the business, a little about your background, you know, and anything interesting that, you know, our, our listeners would want to hear. Sure. So, well, my background is um, I lived in New York City for my post-college career. I worked in the fashion industry and sales and marketing and always had a passion for baking on the side. I loved it. Um, I did traditional baking at the time, um, but was gluten intolerant. So I would do a lot of gluten-free baking. And then my husband and I moved back from New York to San Diego to be closer to family and we got married. And I still did sales and would do baking for weddings for some friends of ours, do a lot of like cupcakes, but it was never really scalable, which for me being in merchandising and sales on a large yeah. scale You're was the scalability. Yeah. And it never fit for my like dream job to be stuck in the kitchen. It just wasn't like, I never wanted to own a bakery where I was like just baking all day and, um, just being like in that tedious grind of just day after day doing that same thing, <clears throat> the branding and the scaling of a, a international food brand or any kind of brand really, and the sales element of it is really what ignited my passion. And because when you get down to what gets me up in the morning, it's motivating people, helping other people in their career or careers or personal life, find what ignites them. And you can do that when you're a part of an organization that's scalable and ha on that growth trajectory. You can't really do that when you're stuck in a brick and mortar bakery. Yeah. Um, and so when I was doing that side hustle, baking cupcakes for weddings, I would always say like, this is never going to work. I can't scale this. And randomly stumbled across the reality that you could freeze batter and um, also you could freeze cupcakes or muffins and then slice them out. They taste good. They taste even better. <laughs> exactly. They taste even better, actually. Okay. And so I don't I've know never how. I've frozen a cupcake before yeah. a muffin. So. Yeah. Frosting it all. Like, that's not a normal thing. You, I don't know how I didn't know it. I, I knew numerous bakers who didn't know it, especially the batter portion of it. Like that alone, being a small business and trying to do everything on your own, you know, not hiring people because so many places are like, oh, we bake fresh. Like it's the most um, appealing part of their sales pitch when in reality, you know, a lot of these places are just slacking out frozen products and it tastes fantastic. It tastes even better because it's locking in that moisture. So right. once I realized that and I thought, okay, I actually could scale, not only scale the business, but I can actually message to consumers um, that they should be taking our product home. That's, this is the first part of it, taking our product home and freezing it so that they can keep it in their house for their families and then popping it out when they want a cupcake or a muffin for their family. The second part of that that was super critical was it wasn't just cupcakes that we wanted to make like regular cupcakes. We wanted to really go after a demographic of specialty dietary treats for families with kids with special needs or adults with special needs that needed food products that didn't have additives, added um, 
food dyes, gluten, grains. Uh, we what made made a you, okay, that's really interesting. So I had to stop you there. So you went from like wedding cupcakes to yeah. healthier treats to then healthier right. treats for kids. So how did yeah. you go into that? You know, you got even more niche. How did you go and yeah. identify like there was a real need there? Well, it was a progression in our lives as well. So it like started out, I was just making regular cupcakes and gluten-free cupcakes because I can't have gluten. And then as we had, as our family with, we have a child with special needs and we, and my own specialty dietary needs. And we had at these events doing the cupcakes, we just had families coming to us going like, oh my God, I can never find cupcakes for my kid who's allergic to eggs and never find cupcakes for my child on the spectrum who can't have food dye. Every cupcake out there has like red 40, blue, you know, whatever, all this God stuff. Forbid the funfetti. <laughs> no funfetti. And, and then, so we started out with those traditional specialty dietary no-nos, gluten-free, right. vegan, gluten-free, soy-free. And then we were messaging that, hey, you don't have to just buy it from us every time. Take home a six pack, take home a 12 pack. And we would give the families these single carriers to take, to send their kids to birthday parties with. Nice. And then their kids were never left out. So the beginning message was never let your kid be left out of the party. Like take home a 12 pack, throw them in your freezer. They defrost by the time it's cake yeah. for the kids to never be left out of the party. That's awesome. Then, so it's like an inclusivity thing. Yeah. Like on top of just like having food that they love, it's like yeah. feeling and it tasted like regular cake. So your kid yeah. was never like, I'm left out. I'm eating this cardboard health food that you usually get. Yeah. We would have regular traditional diet people, right. non-gluten-free eating our gluten-free, grain-free, like vegan stuff and going like, this is regular. So that was the beginning. The first nine months of business. Then we started kind of shifting and making sugar-free product. And we were shifting not just into sugar-free, but making them keto. And mm -hmm. we didn't really know a lot about keto at the time, but we were starting to become a lot more educated about it because of our own metabolic challenges and our home. Mm -hmm. And the beginning of making keto cupcakes and muffins was an absolute disaster because anyone who's ever tried baking um, low carb probably knows that it's not the easiest. It's not like baking gluten-free. You're using a lot of alternative flours and you're using like alternative sweeteners and it's just, it's, and I'm a baker and it just, it did not go over gangbusters the first you know, five, six, seven tries, which right. was really hard for me because I've almost never had five, something six, like seven. not try, try it, turn out. And we would have people be like, our neighbors were trying them and they'd be like, these are the best sugar-free products I've ever tried. And I'd be like, this is dog food. Like I yeah. cannot put this on the market. Yeah. And then one day I just had every single recipe I made hit. Like every single one, I made like five different recipes of the cupcakes and they were all just perfect. I couldn't believe it. And part of it was that we were using um, the sweetener Lakanto finally, which is the brand we're co-branded with. And they are like the Cadillac of sweeteners. There's no aftertaste and they, they use very rigorous um, quality control and they don't have any effect on um, the insulin. And so there's, they taste like real sugar, but they don't metabolically affect your system. Mm. So for us, it just was like that perfect day, perfect storm. I finally figured out how to bake low carb and um, my frosting especially, finally, I just nailed it. And after that, for the next six months, all the events we did, we would sell out of our keto products within the first um, like hour. People were driving like two hours away wow. and keto was becoming more and more popular. Yeah. And so what year was this around? This was only at the, so we went exclusively, not permanently, but we did go exclusively keto, low carb, sugar-free for our brand in yeah. April of last year of 2019. Well, it makes sense with all the like end, end users that mm -hmm. you're looking to identify and that 
you realize, oh my God, there's such a big market. It just makes sense. Well, so when I say we're keto, we're not permanently just low carb, Yeah. but we are permanently sugar-free. So that means that we will add back in vegan sugar-free and, but we'll, we'll always be like we'll probably do like our gluten-free, sugar-free, but just because of our resources and how many of me there are. (laughs) And so what we did was we, uh, when I say we, I just, it's like the royal we. I'm like, we, you know, I decided like, you know, we need to decide what we're going to do here. And it started to feel finally like I could really shift into the branding, what I wanted. And I decided that, um, it was time to start thinking about shipping nationwide. And that was around like February of last year that I said, okay, let's start figuring. We didn't ship yet, but I said, let's stop. Let's stop doing all these other identifying with all these other specialty dietary groups and let's shift into just made keto. Let's figure out what our brand message is and let's figure out how to get frosting around the country and make them and people can make them cupcakes at their own house. So, so that was local delivery. We were doing events and like, like street markets and big big events and like, yeah. So we weren't doing any, um, we were really small. We were just doing that. And, um, we were having people drive from all over, just picking up the keto and people asking us. And we had like 200 followers on Instagram in February of last year. Really? Now you're at 6,000. Hell yeah. We're doing good. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's great. So, So our biggest challenge was how do you get frosting? I was determined for it not to be our, our sugar-free frosting. I was determined for it not to be frosting in a tub mm-hmm. because I really believed that people, sh- I wanted them to be able to frost the muffins that we were shipping. And so I thought, well, I want it to be in one of those baby food squeeze pouches and how do they get it in there? You know? So, um, I, you know, scoured the internet for like days trying to figure it out like what how do they get those in there and finally ended up ordering this machine that it's like it's called a pneumatic filler and so these are the pouch these are our second generation originally they were just um the plastic pouches with our stickers on them but this is our new generation and so these come in the pat in the boxes so people can actually take off the cap and attach a frosting tip and frost their own muffins into a cupcake so it's like a deconstructed cupcake kit that comes in the box. Oh, yeah. But the real reason why we saw so much frosting is because people use it in their coffee as a coffee creamer. Because that's brilliant it's too. clean, clean ingredients. So yeah, so that's sort of the, that's the point where we, we where we left off was um, like February, March, and we were shifting into shipping nationwide. And um, something kind of crazy happened when we did our first shipment. So we've been promoting it that we were going to start shipping and we had like 30 orders and only one of them was from someone we knew. And yay. um, Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) Well, it was. So we shipped out all our orders from the U S postal system and um, I'll grab the box and you can see. So definitely. Yeah. So this is what our box looks like. This is just to give you an idea. Um, not to make everyone dizzy. So, okay. So this is our box. So it's very visible, right? It's like black and hot pink. Okay. So we had 30 orders. Thank you. So we had 30 of those. They go out priority mail. They, all our orders go out priority mail. And thankfully the one person we did know that ordered from us lives like 10 miles away. And she called us the next night at like 10 o'clock at night and was like I think something's wrong yeah this is how my box came the inside was destroyed it was opened up and destroyed oh no 
So we had like 30 and like a lot of the other people that ordered were like keto influencers that just like to try stuff as soon as it comes out. So they're going to be like unboxing. So because she called us right away, we instantly called, texted and emailed every person who ordered from us and said, listen, we're not sure if there's a problem, but we had a message from a customer that her box was destroyed in transit. So to make a long story short, it turns out that a worker from the postal service went in like insane, opened up all 30 boxes, left napkins behind. Oh no. Smashed all of the muffins and like then boxed them back up and shipped them to our (laughs) customers on our inaugural shipment. So we had to repick everything priority overnight every single box refund everyone yeah like five thousand dollars for the day (laughs) yeah totally yeah like five grand out of pocket oh my god (laughs) and we couldn't get anything back from the postal service like good luck fighting the government no definitely not (laughs) right so like day one we just went under like five grand like it was the craziest hurdle how did you get through that? Did you laugh? Did you cry? <laughs> I was just like, work harder. I would have just laughed. <laughs> like, I just was like, someone, lo- like, that is literally the definition of going postal. <laughs> like, yeah. my husband was like, they must have a wife or a husband that works for another keto bakery because that's so crazy. Yeah, it's like competitor inside. No insider shit right there. I mean, I will tell you every postal worker I know that has heard that story is almost in tears. They're so upset about it. Yeah. Everyone is so lovely. And they're just like, how could this have happened? (laughs) Well, you know, it could have been worse. Thank God it was your cupcakes instead of a human. Right. You know, and also thank you. Do you know how many customers I have that would do anything to support us because of our customer service during that time yeah they're like I've never had a company with such customer service like you basically like like went in the whole like five grand just to get me my muffins yeah you made it right no I I definitely agree when there's a wrong I mean you gotta you gotta go that extra mile or else they're gonna remember they're gonna remember if we hadn't contacted them before they got their box and they just opened it up on Instagram that would have just ruined that would have been awful <laughs> especially if somebody was on like an instagram live like Look, they, they would have do you know how many instagram lives we have of people unboxing our product like hundreds oh god yeah yeah that would have been really scary well i'm glad you made it right that's definitely you saved our lives yeah that customer like legit saved our brand one big learning lesson for sure is customer service and i was yeah. talking about this earlier on a different episode where customer service can be it could be a barrier to you losing a lot of money or like a, a, a big sales opportunity for you to upsell somebody or whatever yeah. it is, you know, it's always a really good opportunity whenever somebody calls you, if, if they're calling and they're mad or they're calling and they're happy or just wondering where their order is, it's always opportunity to either upsell them or just make sure you always protect the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, you know, whether whatever business clickable and just made or whatever, um, you know, you always if, if it's a just a situation where you can't win and you got to make it right, then at that point, just be at peace with it and then protect the brand at that point, making mm-hmm. sure that they still have a good feeling about the brand at the end of it, because you don't want those better business bureau ratings or whatever with those some people are such sticklers it's like oh my god like they're gonna write a bad a lot of time on their hands they have a lot of time on their hands for some weird reason who knows why i know i can (laughs) barely write a review when i'm thrilled let alone when i'm unhappy yeah (laughs) it's so true it's so true um one of the tools that we use, um, one of the softwares that we use for like automated reviews is called stamp.io. So mm-hmm. you know, there are ways of, of automating that and making sure people do give you like good reviews too. Yeah. Like, we um, have Yachtpo, I think it's called, and it's pretty effective. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd recommend that to any 
online e-commerce store owner, if you don't have something that automates your reviews and making mm -hmm. sure you're collecting it, then that's probably not good because the only time somebody randomly makes a review is because they're angry. <laughs> <laughs> totally. so you want to get them when you're happy. <laughs> they're happy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. It, that is crazy. Just, just about a year you've been fulfilling nationally. So I'm sure that's been able to really, really help exponentially grow your business too. And it's been a lot easier because you can sell online and you don't have to be there all yeah. the time. You don't have to be at events or weddings or make sure there's a team there. So I'm sure that's, that's been a little bit of weight off your shoulders. <laughs> we make a lot. I mean, doing the events is good exposure, but you just don't make like the street fairs and stuff like that. You don't make the money that you do like with we do we're in like nine grocery stores now locally and like just that kind of exposure is better for us than yeah. and then shipping nationwide yeah tell me about that so getting into a big box retailer um you know how how did that pitch go how did you kind of like you know figure out how to how to cr create that supply chain you know and how did you like start that relationship and like what does it take to get into, you know, nine grocery stores? That to me is big box retailer, you know, just being in a chain in general. Yeah. You know? Well, they're, they're all individual. They're separate. Like, so okay. there's nine separately. Um, and they're actually all smaller grocery stores because right now until we're in a larger, um, like a co-manufacturer or have a larger commercial bakery, we really yeah. can't palletize or do the scale to get into like, uh, like a Vons or a Sprouts or like a, like a Whole Foods or even like things like that. So yeah. all of the ones we're in like smaller regional, like grocery stores. So the most we would have is like a three store chain, things like that. Um, so what we normally do is we go in and we'll, or I would go in or sometimes my husband will go into, he's a great salesperson. Um, but he, an advocate for the brand. So I would go in, sorry, my phone is doing a great thing. You're good. <laughs> um, yeah. So we go in bringing samples. We've been lucky at like, because it's local. Some of them have even heard of our brand already. A lot of them are already familiar good. with keto, which is super helpful. A lot of them are looking for keto and there are just not a lot of brands that are okay providing what we're providing. And then um, what we offer too is we offer education for their staff. Um, we'll do tastings, we'll do, um, you know, in service for their staff on um, not just our products, but on keto and what it is so that they can be an education source and a product matter expert for the customer. Because a lot of times that's what happens. The customer will be like, well, why are these cupcakes $5? And then they can explain, well, these are the ingredients and this is why and, right. you know, whatever they're charging at their store um, so that it can be relevant and the store then can add value. Um, and usually when we leave the samples, it's pretty self-explanatory because it's different from what anybody else is providing. Um, they taste like real dessert and they are healthy. So it's um, difficult to find something like that. Yeah. Even people are really cool. So... So how do you, um, how do you track inventory with them? So do you call them? Do you have a system? That yeah, it depends. Some of them, some of them will email and they track their own inventory because it's coming into their bakery and then they slack it out. So again, we're, we're selling them in frozen and then they keep them in their walk-in and then they slack them out into their bakery section. Some of them, especially right now during the COVID are selling them into pre-packs so that there's less human interaction with the product. Um, so that's a different model because it involves more packaging, more labeling, things like that. But the traditional model for us has been that we sell it in frozen in six packs by flavor and then they slack it out into their bakery as needed which is great because then there's no turn we don't have any like freshness yeah. issues freshness issues that's a mouthful <laughs> and then um it's great then they just let it we contact them like once a week and we just say you know like or they'll contact us sometimes in the middle of the week like they might need more um but yeah we'll let them know like you know if we have added flavors extra items that we might have or we'll do like a little promotion to um yeah do you see on. like i know you've only been selling internationally but do you see any seasonality with it and it's really hard with this whole virus yeah. thing happening right now 
but are you seeing any seasonality or any days that you're selling more than last, like in the retail store? Yeah, I mean, well, you're definitely selling, seeing, you see traditional holidays, but interestingly enough, for keto, sometimes traditional holidays, people fall off of like a specialty diet. Um, but I think it's a little soon for us to see many trends yeah. because keto is still taking hold of the general population. And we were just kind of starting to see that happen when the COVID crisis was happening. Yeah. And it's not in main grocery stores yet, especially something like what we make. So most of the keto products that you're going to see in a main grocery store are like a pre-packaged, like a bar or like, um, like a pre-packaged treat that does not taste like regular dessert. Like you could not get a kid to eat it. Yeah. And our cupcakes, a regular kid would eat them. Like you like would be shocked because um, they don't taste like health food. So when they slack out into the bakery, they don't even have to say they're health food or not. They can just sell them as regular. The price point might be the only thing because right. um, they're going to sell them for over $4, which they're made regular cupcakes might be more like three. So that might be an issue, but um, hold on one second. You're good. Oh, no, it's good. He's good. Sorry, I thought he spilled something. So yeah, so that would be the only thing. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, there's a different market for this sort of like actual, like almost like a fresh baked good versus like a prepackaged with preservatives that lasts, you know, 10 months on the shelf versus something that can be kept in the freezer and then pulled out and tastes like fresh baked. Yeah. Because it so really is. Do you ever have any worries about freshness or anything like that? Or you have a long shelf life, right? Since it's Well, broken. they do as long as it, well, four months is what we would really suggest, but it's not going to stay in their freezer for that long because they're yeah. going to. Because it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even once we do scale out and, um, you know, move into like a logistics chain where we can palletize and move into larger production, mm -hmm. uh, even if they're buying a pallet, they're going to be turning through that product at, putting it in their walk-in, turning through that product at a, at a normal rate and still like a month would be the most that they would keep that product in their walk-in freezer. Right. So that's, that's a very quick turn for fresh baked product. It makes sense for sure. So, so what if like the product isn't selling at a store, what would you do at that point? We would like, probably, process. if it was a, now it's never happened to us here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has not ever happened. However, if it did happen, worse. Like the right. they're selling it, people right. are finding it, your branding yeah. on the box is doing its thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's never been an issue where it was like, this just didn't move ever. And we had didn't, but if it did, we would zero it out and give them credit or something like, you know, if it was an issue, like a normal food chain, um, product, you know, right. Yeah, I guess I was more so asking, like, would you, do you usually go through a process on, like, is it this or is it that? Like, do you do a little strategy there or is it just... Yeah, we would probably have a market down or promote it, you know, and, but if it was, like, really an issue, we would, like, do a flash sale or something for the store, yeah. you know, you know, but, like, we go through phases with different flavors. One, if it's a true keto customer, one thing that they a lot of times like is, looking at the macros. So like our cinnamon crumb is really popular because it has really low net carbs. It's yeah. also delicious. It tastes like delicious. it's really good. I'll send I'll you have a box. place in order. <laughs> I'll send you a box. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a, a box with everything in it. But yeah, so, um, that's, that's one thing like we noticed that flavor always sells but if you ask people like what's your favorite flavor everybody's all over the board like every flavor has their cult following like peanut butter chocolate chip has like one of the higher net carbs it has like three and a half net carbs that's still super low net carbs for a cup yeah the frosting doesn't have any net carbs so you could just like go crazy on there although it's butter so it's you know. yeah so that's that brings me to an interesting question. So people who like don't have like a gluten like sensitivity um, and are like barely healthy, like should we be like adhering to things like that too? Should we be monitoring macros or something? Yeah, should we be in, should we be looking at macros? Should we be 
looking at, you know, how much sugar there is, washing yeah. sugar, like, Absolutely. you know, sugar, for the normal for sure. person. Well, yeah. I will say this. So like, so that's one thing we, we talked about the history of the company and the fact that we are, we're not a company that's just keto. So the mission of our company is not just keto, although yeah. I eat keto, my husband eats keto, but our mission for our company is to help families reduce sugar. And sugar is inarguably terrible for everyone. No yeah. matter what. No one, no doctor, no nurse, no neurologist, no neuroscientist is ever gonna tell you otherwise. Anyone who tells yeah. you sugar is good for you in any amount is like cuckoo and is like reading some sort of wild like yeah. hog's ride. Yeah. It's not good for you. It feeds cancer, it feeds every metabolic syndrome that known to man. And the problem is, is that it's in 65, it's an added sugar is in 65% of the processed foods in American grocery stores. It's in table salt. They add a sugar additive in table salt. No way. Yeah. Because wow. as an anti, as an anti-caking agent. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. There are like hundreds of names for added sugars and Yikes. like you wouldn't know what they are when you're looking at a food label unless you're very very like hyper educated about it because most like consumers don't have the time or the wherewithal to be so concerned about it so that's the problem is that most families are told like you know there's this one food pyramid right and like grains are really important and all these starches and all these things but that's like the old mentality and all of those things that they're telling you that you should be eating as a part of a healthy diet are actually increasing inflammation and mm -hmm. inflammation is the root cause of all of these diseases so we don't say like everybody needs to be in ketosis like that's not my place like i don't think that's like a reasonable it adds a barrier to entry for reducing sugar and i just don't think that it's appropriate for everyone to like be told that but reducing sugar absolutely which is why we want our product to taste like real dessert right and when you could say to someone you know what like make regular choices make healthy choices and if you want to have a regular cake and add our frosting which is sugar-free on top then you're cutting out like half the frosting i mean cutting out half the sugar anyway or more because you know most kids only eat the frosting or you might only eat the frosting, I don't know, um, if you're not a kid. Um, you're making like such a significant impact by just telling people you don't have to go all or nothing. Like just change one thing at a time. Yeah. And then people aren't feeling ashamed of themselves if they can't make this huge life change and go paleo or keto or, you know, whatever it is, ketotarian or, you know, Mediterranean diet. Because that's what holds so many families back as they go like, well, I could never do that. I can never get my kids to eat that way. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I think it's so important for, for, you know, CEOs, people running companies that, you know, you stay healthy, you, you, you know, lower your sugar intake. Lower it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And don't be a sh don't feel bad about, like, don't feel guilty. Like, like yeah. as parents, like everyone has enough guilt, but like, especially parents, we have enough guilt. Like everybody wants, you guilt yourself, everybody guilts you, you're not doing it right, you didn't breastfeed, you did breastfeed, you didn't swaddle, you did swaddle, you didn't sleep, blah, blah, blah. it starts at the beginning. But like food is a huge thing. And for people to be like, I can't believe you're feeding your kid that. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, how about like try one thing yeah. differently and just take one step and you know, it will be better for you if you can do mm -hmm. one thing at a time. Like here's an example. My three-year-old who is a total three-nager, she has a lot of feelings and she can be very easily bribed with a lollipop. So I have <laughs> this, so I can sometimes like get like a, like a, whatever, a grocery store trip or like something that I have to get done or like just if I need to get work done right now, cause we're like trapped in this stay at home thing for God knows how long. Like <laughs> I had this friend of ours who we had met through the whole 
like circuit of food vendors, she makes handmade lollipops. So I had her make awesome. sugar-free lollipops without food dye. She normally uses food dye, but I was like, can you make them without food dye? She was like, sure, no problem. So she made sugar-free lollipops for Are me. Are they like clear? Like yeah, they're clear. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, her company's awesome. It's called like Lick It Lollipops and she's so adorable and she ships nationwide. And um, she's like this little like handmade product. She has all these flavors. Like, listen, Charlotte doesn't know any different, but I can work that lollipop into like an hour and a half of good behavior <laughs> like yeah so, like, that's the thing like you know I'm still bribing my child with a treat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that's a better great. parent listen I'm not a better parent I'm just reducing sugar <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that's really cool. I think that that leads it into the next uh, question I was looking to ask, which is, um, what's it like being a mom and, and running a business and having a family and kind of like juggling that? Like, what are your, yeah. what are your golden nuggets of advice for maybe oh, other yeah. moms who are looking at starting a business or maybe younger women who are listening to this right now and you know they're saying they eventually want to have a family but yeah. they're running a business right now like how do they how do they how do you juggle that you know like right you know, for the moms or for the future moms like pregnancy and like yeah. all that, right and now handling yeah. kids especially now you have kids at home yeah that's right. <laughs> so, that home thing is hopefully a temporary challenge because that's definitely um unique right now. Uh, you and I have talked about that specific yeah. challenge. Um, but I will say this, and I've said this to, I have mentored a lot of young women, especially. Um, and I've said this a lot of times because what can be really overwhelming, especially for some of us women who love to achieve and love to work. And sometimes we have this in our mind that we have to have everything figured out and women are generally um, less likely to be entrepreneurs because we're less risk averse and myself included and um, we tend to try to make sure that nothing will fail before we do things and that we won't risk our family's finances and that we won't risk anyone's happiness and that we won't rock the boat um, right. that is a more specifically a female thing um, now, what I found with this particular opportunity for myself was the reason it worked for me, it was a quote I heard later that applied to this was, I didn't step off a cliff, I stepped off a ledge, which, you know, like made total sense to me. Like I just, I took one step over. I was like, let me just, like two years ago, I was like, I'm just going to make some cupcakes and I'm going to sell them at this little event in Temecula. It was like $25 to do like a tablecloth. No big deal. I didn't even, unless you're here from the food department. Like I did not have any permits. Nobody <laughs> asked. And then I was like, I got to apply for some food permits the next you know, week when I was like, I could do this. Little by little, like a couple weeks later, got into the food kitchen, the commercial kitchen. And like, it was just like, right over the ledge. I didn't go, I need to have this entire planned out, which was very unlike me. Um, and I also had the support of an incredible like team of other family members and women like caring for my children, which was yeah. very helpful because that needed to happen. Um, yeah. you know, my best friend, Trisha watched Charlotte and also my son after school. So I could actually do the business. And so without that, I really could not have started the business. So yeah, for me, that was it. That's really, it is like, don't try to have everything figured out. Yeah. You can just start, just start, small. just start, yeah. just do it. And, and that's okay. But that is a specific, um, Oh, thing for women. We're very worried about upsetting the apple cart. Yeah. So just do it. Make sure you piecemeal it out into different yeah. segments. Don't think of taking the whole world on mm -hmm. by storm. I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, when I was starting out, you know, figuring out what business, you know, my first business, which is the agency runs now, which is the B steps, mm -hmm. you're right. Um, you know, you, I guess women are just like genetically 
uh, inclined to think like we always have to have it perfect, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a little bit of nature and nurture. So yeah. I've definitely learned to just build the plane as you're falling. Yes. <laughs> that is the only way you're going to do it because nothing's ever going to get done. Totally. So I totally agree with that. So, you know, falling off a ledge instead of a cliff and making sure you have a support system and lollipops. <laughs> Sugar free. <laughs> Otherwise I'm paying for it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that totally makes sense. And that's really cool that you're like teaching your kids now how yeah. to use sugar. Well, you know? I'm just talking to them about the thing for me is that especially with our son who's really good about communicating about how food makes his body feel. Yeah. Um, but if you don't talk to your kids or adults about how food makes you feel, um, you're going to have a lot of issues with food. And like, my son is great about it. He's nine now. And, you know, he will say to me like, well, I think that made my brain like feel really bouncy or whatever later, you know, like we try to let him make a lot of the choices cause he's nine, but like sometimes he'll make that choice. Like when he's with friends or whatever, he'll be like, yeah, I chose to have that Slurpee at camp and feeling pretty bouncy, you know, like, and I'm like, well, we're going to pay for that, you know? Yeah. But like most of the time he'll be like, he'll tell places like at school, like, oh, I can't have food day. Like they'll call me and they'll say, is he allergic to food day? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I work out every day. Um, and if I don't eat right, I definitely feel it. Like if yeah. I, have too much popcorn or cookies or something yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely yeah. I'll definitely start feeling shitty so yeah it's true it's, it really is important to have a good diet not only for that in that sense of the short term but the long-term biomes in your in your stomach you know totally yeah, it's interesting just to be more educated as I've gone along just all the research I've done has really helped me figure out what what's yeah. going on you're like not only a foodpreneur, you're a like nutritionist, honestly. I don't, I don't know if I am now, but I just, yeah, you're definitely closer than I am. (laughs) I don't know if I'm an expert, but I definitely, it's all up here. I don't, you know, I would never like try to like coach anyone from a nutritional standpoint, but I just think like I, from my family's health had to do so much research to help move things in the right direction and we're yeah. not there all the way but you know we we make steps all the time you know you have yeah. to when you have a, a medically complex family yeah for sure I mean what's that saying necessity breeds like innovation or something yeah. like that right that yeah it's exactly my life yeah well that's entrepreneurship too. <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know exactly. So, so we talked a little bit about Instagram right so you had 200 followers last year. Now you have like thousands. Mm-hmm. Tell us your secret sauce. <laughs> I don't know if it was a secret sauce. Sales, you know, was so that? obviously that turned into sales because now yeah. you have people buying, which, you know, I want to, I want to clar- clarify everything here, guys, with, with, with likes and followers with, with things like that, we call those vanity metrics, right? Those things themselves don't actually matter. What matters is conversion. Are people DMing you? Are they ordering? Are they commenting comments that actually matter? Those are the things that matter. Yeah. And, and Whitney is actually built following that like purchases products from her. Mm-hmm. So we want to hear her secret sauce. <laughs> I think the biggest pivotal moment for us on Instagram. We learned so much. We went last year in June to KetoCon. And so I'm a very private person. So it was like a very big aha moment for me. We were there. I'm great at connecting one-on-one. I don't mind at all. I could tell my story. I could tell my family story. I'll convert anyone to my mission one-on-one. Hell yeah. But I really was not putting anything out there online. And we went to KetoCon and there were like hundreds of influencers. Like I didn't know who anyone was. And we were the only one, there was a lot of similar products, but we had the only thing that was really like unique that was just our, like with the frosting. Yeah. And so we were, good. 
<laughs> well, I mean, there was a lot of really special products there, but we yeah. were like so thankful because we had, we already had a great relationship with Lakanto and they were right next to us. And then we had built this amazing relationship with Redmond Real Salt and they were supporting us and they were promoting us to people. And there were so many influencers there, but all the, the keto communities very like they all know each other and everybody's super supportive of each other, mm. but we didn't know who anybody was. So like yeah. anytime a, one of these influencers would come by any of the booths, all these people already know who everyone is, but I'm just like, don't know who anybody is. Yeah. So I'm just talking to like every single person, which I would anyway. Yeah. Just like every, but everyone has a camera in your face the whole time. Like you're on TV the entire yeah, they're time. they're all influencers. So they're all grabbing content. Of course. It's literally like, the whole time so it was like the biggest it was the biggest like get over yourself you're going live every three seconds like i thought i i thought i was gonna just i thought i was gonna barf the whole time i was like okay this is not there's not enough cbd for this thing <laughs> so, so yeah so um so my phone keeps going off so yeah so anyway but the influencers were incredible and were so generous. A lot of them make their living off of this. Like they get paid yes. to, they get paid percentages. They get paid to talk about brands. Mm -hmm. After they met us, they were just like, and they heard our story about why we do this and our family and stuff. They were so generous talking about our brand. They were like giving me like, the same tip every time they were like, get over yourself, go live, which I'm still terrible about. But like, <laughs> oh, every single one, like we probably had like 50 or 60 influencers like that we've sent stuff to that were promoting our product for free right. after KetoCon just to be like, just they like it. And just to be like so generous and like, just because they liked it and just like that they get paid for most brands and just so generous yeah, and just really genuinely thoughtful and um so we were really that experience was great and that really kind of launched our social media experience so um we learned a lot from that and then now we've grown i mean you just have to put in you get what you put in mm -hmm. i mean when my sales are down it's because i'm busy like and i haven't posted yeah and it's that's it and I'm also really lucky. My cousin, um, Melanie is like a social media genius and she is a, like, has, is like a guru. She has been in the industry for many years and is, um, at the top of her game. So I'll call and I'll be like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she'll be like, this is the way you use hashtags, grandma. <laughs> this is the way you do this. Cause I just have no clue. So she'll call me and she'll be like, no, you can't do this on Facebook, but you can do this on Instagram. You know? So she goes through thankfully she's she's helped me with so many things like that I just have no clue because I'm just not because I was just so private before I wasn't not using I was on the platform but I just wasn't yeah using it you know yeah so that's a great point because one really important uh element in social media is content mm -hmm. and you have some fire content not gonna lie I know we talked about this a little All bit right, ago yeah. So, you know, and I feel like, you know, with the brand, all the brands that we've worked with at Clickable, it always is a challenge to get like really good looking, uh -huh. vibrant, creative content. And you always have to be at constant content constantly. So it, what it, does your job. look like? Uh, it, to be honest, I don't think that I'm probably like this, the, the, the source you should be going. We've, we've had some great photographer, um, photographers take some content and we've been able to utilize that. And then, um, like occasionally we'll like filter in something with our kids. Like we don't, we don't do too much. We're going to, we just did a photo shoot with my kids yesterday because we're stuck at home and yeah. we did a tea party. You do? Make money right? kids. <laughs> right? I did a tea party. And You're not the kids. only person I know that's doing that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're going to just go ahead and do a cake party with the tea. And because we, so here's something that I do uh, that I did. So like a lot of the, the social media groups on Facebook, especially they're all like no sales, no spam. You can't sell. Yeah. So I reached out to the admins of like 15 different groups. And I was like, listen, we're in a tight pinch. Like we're in a, we're a small business. Our business is down. 
we need to reach out to your customers and keep our employees mm-hmm. like working and we love we are in your community you know we are and you don't may not know of our brand but we would really love if you would be flexible and post our our post that says we're still shipping nationwide we have a discount code and um you know just to collaborate with us to help us stay in business because right. this is a hard time right now and businesses are closing down. It's small business and it's tricky. And we've had a lot reach back out to us and say like, we are being, we would, we love that you're reaching out. Like we'll be flexible and send us the post and we'll share it. Nice. And they're really strict. Most of these groups and they have tons of like followers. So we're feeling really thankful that they're being flexible because we're just trying to be creative, you know, because like where one area of our business is okay. Like the other area is struggling, you know? So we're trying to um, be, and, and a lot of it is that I can't put in like time in one way that I would. So I'm trying to be yeah. flexible trying and creative. creative. For sure. Mm-hmm. Sounds like growing pains. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. we all have, you know? So yeah. when we first started Clickable, it was Camilo and myself. And I was running two other businesses at the time. So, you know, I had the dance floor business B-Steps and I also had this other business called Florida Angel Nexus. Yeah. So I that last year. Um, and, you know, it was tough. It's always tough building a team, you know? Yeah. It's honestly like a bunch of counterbalance until you can't counterbalance anymore and you have this little budget, you can just put that person there, you know? Yeah, it feels like that, right? Yes. And there's like a need, but there's no budget. Exactly. Exactly. So we, you know, we call that just growth pains and that you got to just be creative until you have a budget, you have somebody that's willing to work on some kind of performance and then you make it work, you know? Yeah. That's really, it's hard. You're like, I, I feel like I'm always in that like limbo of like not wanting to ask for favors. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rule, like no one works for free, but- no one works for free but me yeah no one works for free but me like that's the rule of my company that's how i feel Uh, some of my employees are so sweet they're like i'm like did you send in hours like they're like i was just trying to be helpful i'm like no one works for free but me stop exactly i know they're like just so generous i'm like the nicest employee i'm like you can't do that you have to send in your hours yeah i know oh my god not a charity except for me i'm the one who works for free yeah, exactly. Right. That's so funny. Um, yeah, no, it's true. You gotta, you know, as you grow your business, you eventually have to start budgeting out stuff and it's always going to be an exchange, but I feel like that's what business is too. It's favors until you get to a certain point, you know? Yeah. And then you give a favor to somebody else and you know, you do it. I mean, I'm happy to, I'll give favors all the time if I, if I can. <laughs> It, it eventually makes sense at some point, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've had relationships, you know, I've been building for years and then it eventually comes to something, but yeah. you know, that's why you can't have expectations like doing business or just in life, because totally. if you have expectations and it's just, you're just going to live in a world where you're just going to be negative because most of the time things don't go exactly the way you totally. want <laughs> no, you just got to do it with an open heart, I feel like, and just help people just to help them. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I love about the keto community is the other businesses, even the ones that are much bigger than mine, like they all started like this, this so small and they're so helpful. Like just like sending me their information, like reach out if you need anything, like call us. And I have, I've called and been like, Hey, I need a manufacturer, blah, blah, blah. And they've been oh, like, yeah. I don't know anybody. Let me call so-and-so like sending me the packaging people, like huge companies, like, like how helpful, like Lakanto has been, how helpful Redmond Real Salt. These are huge companies. Like, like we're co-branded with Lakanto and we're, they are giant. Like they are so wonderful. And so like, yeah, just effective at their message. So, you know, we're very thankful for our partnerships. And I think that that's been a huge part of our success as well is just networking with them. Yeah, no, I think so too. So I have a random question is just made your first venture ever. Did you do any of this before? um, Yeah. So I did some small business marketing, um, but 
it wasn't like branded. So that was just kind of me doing small business marketing okay. on my own. But yeah, this is my first entrepreneurial venture. Okay. Yeah, no, that's true too. Anyway, making money, you know, that's a business. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So how do you feel like you, you learned from that, you know, previous little venture to going to just Made? A lot. Cause I was working with small businesses. And so I saw a lot of the things that they were doing Challenging. right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Nice. Yeah, and working in the fashion industry with brands, um, I saw a lot of the, it was in clothing, so it was different from food, but just the supply chain and the, the way brands would get their message across really yeah. helped me a lot. And I mean, it wasn't as, if, it didn't come into play until more recently when I was really honing in on what I was going to do large scale. Yeah. Um, I mean, if there was more of me, I could, I, there was a, there's a lot more that I could do, but yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. That's helped. So I have another random question, <laughs> but I thought this was interesting. If, if there was something you'd want to tell your younger self, what would it be? Oh, okay. <laughs> my younger Mom's self. Perfect, you know, okay. you <laughs> uh, let's see. That's a great question. I would probably business it could be personal, yeah. you know. Yeah, I probably would have uh, started this business earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I probably had like three years of floating before okay. I did this business. Hey, so I wasn't brave enough. I wasn't brave enough really. Oh, until, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's an interesting word to call it floating. You know, I, I was blessed enough to start a really random dance footwear business while I was in college. So I had a, I had a fat salary from Pepsi. They were ready to hire me as part of their leadership development program, growing naked brands. And then, and then I was like, no way this whole thing, building businesses is cool. You know, yeah. I want to build shit. I want to, I want to mold it and make it my yeah. own, watch it grow. You know, I thought that was, and I, I felt, I felt such a different, like a different person, like every yeah. month or three months totally. I was like growing. And, and I was like, wow, this is so rewarding. You know? Yeah. I completely get it. Yeah. I probably have come up with 15 to 20 ideas for like products yeah not, food, not necessarily food related yeah in the last write them down <laughs> i did all of them <laughs> and then the, what would happen was and some of them have been later like come onto the market by other oh, people yeah. not that i've shared with them or anything crazy like that but like yeah so i knew they were good ideas but like i always this would be the thing to go back to the like why do women not become entrepreneurs because I was risk averse or I would think of all the reasons why it wasn't a good idea or, you know, didn't want to rock the boat or I already had a great salary or whatever it was. And I know what would happen was I would, because I would go like, well, here's the whole, I have to figure out all the ways to make it work. But with this, because it was food, there was this great ease to it for me because I could just step off the ledge. I could just do this little event in Temecula with no papers and I could just <laughs> jump right in and then I could just take the next step. And then, I mean, the fact, if you saw pictures from where I was, it was less than two years ago to like branding and packaging and like printed bags with the frosting instead of stickers. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. So, and if I ever could get a factory to put the frosting in these bags, it will be a GD miracle. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, things like that to me, it's like, I know that's a big deal because I know it was like, it was only April of this last year that we did yeah. started these, fr- the frosting in these bags. So it's a big deal. And so I know that. So I'm like, I know all of those other ideas that I would come up with. Those were good ideas. And I would always be like, Oh my God. And I would, they would strike me. I'm like, this is a great idea. And then I would be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I would just like drop it because of whatever reasons. Yeah. So yeah. 
Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So I think that there's always like, it has to be the right thing though, too. Yeah. You know, this was the right thing. Yeah. And I feel like that, that thing happens again and again, where you can always talk yourself out of doing something, but you really just have to, if, if it feels right and you just have to go full force, then just do it. You know, you one know. nice thing about this too, what evolved from it is that it did become a mission for me, which was incredible yeah. because the food the of your family. Exactly. Your so I can be an advocate, which falls into nourishing my soul because it's amazing yeah. is that what really does make me happy. I love work. Like I love it. Like my husband's goal in life is to be wealthy so he can golf. He would love that. I yeah. want to keep working. Like, I love work. Like, I would love to work. I'm like, that would be great. I want to work. I want to start a foundation so that we can, like, help uh, families reduce sugar and we can teach in the schools, like, a program so kids can learn how to cook with, like, like Lakanto and, like, use, like, sugar reduction products but still yeah. make it taste amazing. And desserts, we're already doing it in Williams School because they have a culinary program so like things like that I'm like that like gets me going like you yeah. know he's like he's like can I just golf and I'm like that's nice and I'm like no let's work <laughs> well so, one of our team members one of our leadership team members Mike said uh you know to everybody because we were doing like a stress reduction workshop and he was saying guys make sure you do at least one thing for an hour that you love like yeah hands down love it's dinner yeah. with your family or you hang out and play video games or whatever you make sure yeah. that you do that you know yeah, yeah. and 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 I, that's really cool that it's it's and it's very similar with me too it, it becomes a it's just a lifestyle that you choose if you're going to run this business whether you're a ceo board member you know founder whatever especially founder because <laughs> you got to bring that shit up like, yeah yeah um you gotta like live it you, yeah. you have to live it. It's a lifestyle that you choose, you know, yep. no what, because ain't nobody else going to bring this company forward other than you, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, one other thing I will say about running a business is I really think it's important to be able to do every single part of the business that you're running. Right. So you understand and that you can lead effectively. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, at every point have done, I always tease, like I'm the baker and the secretary yeah. and the HR and the janitor and the, you know, customer yeah. service and the social media. I mean, I have um, people that work for the company part-time, but I mean, at every point I have, and at some points I do every single thing depending, but like at, at every point I've done everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes it necessitates me doing everything, but, in, but because of whatever schedules, but, um, or like, we'll lose a baker or something. And I'm like, okay, we're back to baking. Okay. No, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. happened twice recently. So that's great. But, um, <laughs> you know, not great, but I just found another one and she's amazing. So, um, you it know, it's, happened. it happened. Yeah. And I feel like I'm jumping in and out of different roles too all the time. You know, one of my team members wanted to brainstorm on it last Saturday on a post-purchase flow, um, for one of our, our, one of our skincare brands. And I was like, okay, let's go. And we yeah. hammered out the next 10 emails and 10 text messages and a post-purchase flow. And then we're there, you know, and at a sales team executive call, you know, on, on what is our fulfillment process and making it better. And, you know, yeah. so I, I feel like I'm, I'm still very much a little bit of everywhere too. And that's what you got to do. That's yeah, what you have to make business work. And it's still going to be like that. It's just going to be more money, more problems. Yeah. As you get bigger. You know? yeah. I mean, at a certain point, it would be nice to tell you some of the little stuff that you shouldn't have to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I started with a VA. <laughs> yeah. He's in the Philippines. His name is Jesse and he is awesome. <laughs> I still have him and he's, he's still awesome. I, That's amazing. I don't have to look at in my inbox. That's amazing. He will, you know, do little, little things. And he's also very techie and smart too. That's so great. bots and things like that. So he's multifaceted too, yeah. but definitely that, you know, for, for team building, you know, with, with the smallest amount, you know, you can, people like for any business, for any business owner, you know, you can hire somebody for six to $9 an hour to just 
save your time, you know, for people in the sales world, like ask yourself, what if I, what if you had an an extra hour a day available? What could you do with that? Could that turn into one, two grand or 10 grand sale a week? If it does, then you better, you might as well throw that money down, get that virtual assistant right now. Totally. Um, but yeah, no, it's building a team is another level for sure. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Definitely takes trust, but it's necessary. Yeah. So, um, I, I usually like closing out these things by asking, um, what's your motivational quote and why? I always love hearing those. Um, or a, mo- a quote that you like that just keeps you going, you know? Uh, okay. Oh, will, she's looking it up. Because <laughs> um, I can never remember. Pressure's on. Pressure's on. It's cool. Every time you look it up, you'll, you'll be able to remember it that much. More. Right. <laughs> I can show it to you. Actually. It's on my wall in my office. Oh, yeah. I know you think I would remember it. it. It's really messy in here. A whole house store. Right. Oh God. Can you read it? It says she wasn't born herself. She found herself over a long and treacherous road. And the more treacherous the road became, the more of herself she found. Oh, wow. So obviously that's why I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. Oh my God. I was like, do I have a picture of this in my phone? Yeah, no, I I love it that you walked over there and showed us. I like that. (laughs) Like, I don't remember the whole thing. But oh my God, that is an amazing quote. That is long. Yeah. Perfect. That's a perfect quote for you and just business owners in general. That's so true. And it goes back to what I was saying in college. Like I, I felt like I found myself. Yeah in the treacherous road. I felt yeah. like I found myself. So that's really, really cool. That's a really cool quote. That's, that's the, one of the best yet that I've yet to discover. So you get, you get cool points for that. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have chatted with you. Yeah, and I'll be sending you a keto box to oh, yes, snack on in your quarantine life. Yeah. <laughs> It'll add some wine. Oh, huh, yes, for sure. Yes, it'll go well with my San Sebastian. Exactly. <laughs> now exactly. I'm going to look up, like, since it's so, like, sweet, I'm going to look up, like, is there sugar in here? How much sugar? Uh, they might add sugar. A lot of wines do. Yeah. Weird. You know that? Isn't that crazy? I'm like, why are you adding sugar? No. <laughs> oh, that's why a lot of times you'll get a headache with some wines and, like, some wines you don't. Yeah, 100%. 100%. No bueno. 